So, are you DTFX? Hey, welcome back to DTFF, everyone. How are you doing this evening on a fabulous Tuesday night? Um, we have got uh, what I'm thinking is going to be one of my more favorite shows of this non-point scoring season. Uh, we are recapping our beer bets that we made throughout this entire season and talking about our bold predictions we made. So this is going to be a lot of fun. Um, just holding ourselves accountable and and just, I don't know. I'm just really jacked up about this episode. I'm not going to lie, Jake. Uh, how are you doing this evening? I don't I don't know if I'm quite up to your level with this one, but I will try my, my best to get there. Uh, I, you know, I'm excited about this one because, A, I love when we make beer bets. I love making the bold predictions. Um, and, yeah, it's all about transparency. But do we have to be so transparent? Because I just want to get ahead of some of these. <laughs> I feel like we could be a little bit less transparent, and I'd be okay with it. That's no, okay. no, no, no. We got, okay. we got a, you know, we got, we got to be transparent. You know, we, <laughs> we're not perfect. I think everybody knows that by now. So I try yeah, to hide behind so. the fact that we think we're perfect. We're not. That's a good point. That's a good. Point. And let's be honest: the bold predictions was not intended to be something easy that we thought was definitely going to happen. It's more within the realm of possibilities that. We think there's a chance it might, very outside chance. So they're, they're kind of out there. So it's, I wouldn't say yeah. outside chance. I think we went into these thinking, here are some plausible but really wild things that could happen. I think plausible is the key word there. Mm -hmm. And like, you know, we don't just say it to say it, but, you know, we understand that it's not like the popular thing, which is why they're bold. That's right. But before we get into all that, we had the final football game of the season on Sunday night here. The Super Bowl. I think everybody knows what I'm talking about there. Uh, it was a great game. I really enjoyed it. Uh, I, you know, I'm glad to see that uh, non-quarterback got the MVP for a change. It was wild. Mm -hmm. It was nice to see. I know we had some discussion at the end of the game. They're like, who do we think is going to get it? And, you know, I think we kind of came to the same conclusion, like, yeah, it's probably going to be Cooper Cup. It's probably, you know, just because Stafford didn't play a great game. You know, he's Cooper Cup is maybe the only offensive player that played a terrific game. Mm -hmm. I, honestly, everybody else was kind of mediocre throughout. Yeah. Maybe the defenses were just that good. Mm -hmm. Aaron Donald certainly looked very good. Uh, especially in that last drive there. Yep. But it, it wasn't like an offensive slugfest. Uh, it was closer than I thought it would be, though, score-wise. Did you expect it to be more lopsided, or was that pretty much an accurate representation of what you thought would happen? Uh, it was hard to say. I mean, I, I was more hopeful that it was going to be a close game like it was, rather than a lopsided blowout. I mean, if anything, I would have thought the Rams would have just steamrolled over the Bengals. But I'm, I'm glad it was a close game. I thought it would be a little bit more higher scoring than it was. But and there's still plenty of fireworks for the game. I enjoyed it. So obviously we don't have to talk about the halftime show because that was amazing. But favorite commercial, go. Oh, man. 
You're really putting me on the spot here. You, you didn't write this on the show sheet, Dustin. God. Nope. Going off script. I I love anything with Paul Rudd in it. So I am going to defer to the Paul Rudd, Seth Rogen commercial. Uh, I honestly don't remember what it was for, if I'm being honest. I don't I don't know it, what it was for. I just know that I really enjoyed the hell out of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm yours? right there with you. I, I was a big fan of the Scarlett Johansson, Colin Jost, uh, Alexa mm. commercial, where it was the mind reading and it would, was it would talk. Uh, I got a kick out of that one. That was good. It's good to see advertisements actually be watchable for once. Mm-hmm. That's really what the Super Bowl has become to a large swath of the, the nation. It's just, hey, we could actually sit through advertisements for once instead of the routine garbage we see every other day of the year. But yeah, football season is officially over. We are in the official, official off-season, non-point scoring season here for fantasy football. So for all of you out there that are still with us, we thank you. Uh, We're going to be getting into all of our great off-season in-depth analysis um, that we've done the last couple seasons here. So uh, stay tuned for that. But yeah, it was a great show. Great show. Great game. It was a show. It's a show. But uh, yeah, it, it, was, it was a great game. Uh, I'm glad that's how the season ended. Uh, I'm happy for the Rams that they got their Super Bowl victory. And Stafford. I mean, he, he's deserved it. He's played very well over his career. So it's good to see him get one finally. Um, and Aaron Donald. So uh, I think that's enough Super Bowl chatter here. Uh, Jake, why don't you tell us what we're drinking? This is special by you this evening. Yeah, we're switching it up a little bit tonight. You know, in honor of the final game of the season being in the books, I thought, let's let's take it in a different direction. Let's really enjoy ourselves for this podcast. Not that we don't normally, but I wanted to kick that up a notch with some scotch. So we're going to do a little scotch tasting here tonight. I have two that I've presented to you. Uh, I labeled them all nice and neat and everything. We have a Glen Meringue 10-year. And we also have a Balnellan 12-year. So what I'm curious about, I figure we can just we'll sip them at our leisure throughout mm-hmm. the podcast. And at the end, we will do a little chatter about what we think was better. I know you're not you're not like major scotch guy, but Ooh. I know that you enjoy the occasional mm-hmm. uh, scotch. So I'll be very curious to see your thoughts here. I don't want to sully too much out of the gate and over-describe these. So just suffice to say, one of them is much smoother than the other. The other is much peatier. So curious to get your thoughts at the end. But that's what we have on tap tonight. Yeah, I pulled out my my nice Star Wars glass here. I don't think you can really see it all that well, but this is the um, Ice Moon uh, of Hoth glass. So figured it was appropriate. I'm just going to pretend like I know what that means. You know, the, the Venn diagram of Star Wars fans and fantasy football fans is just they're in their wheelhouse right now. Uh, they're loving every second of this. So that, I'm, I'm here for them. I appreciate you being here for them. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, while we're uh, sipping out of our Star Wars and or non Star Wars uh, glassware, do we want to get into our favorite segment? Yeah, let's do the drunk trade of the week. Drunk, 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 drunk
drum trade of the week. So this is our beer bet payout and our bold prediction recap. And there's going to be a lot of sadness from my end, certainly about some of these things. So I wanted the the company for my misery. And so I found from Twitter, they did not even submit, but I found them on Twitter aggrieving a drunk trade. So this one comes from at FF Hot Takes NFL on Twitter. Here's the context. 16-team startup draft. This person drafted best player available as you should do in a dynasty Mm -hmm. startup, and ended up going zero RB, basically, with Raheem Mostert as their RB1. When Raheem Mostert gets injured, Daryl Williams becomes their RB1. This is what we're dealing with ahead of the trade. So here's the actual trade itself. I made the worst, most idiotic, drunk trade of all time and gave away a first-round pick for Tyson Williams after Gus Edwards went down with injury in the 16-team Dynasty League. All the Tyson hype plus desperation plus something called Vegas bombs equals the perfect storm for a shit trade. So, oh, here's the capper. I loathe seeing him, that's Tyson, on my roster still, but can't cut him after I so foolishly, foolishly gave up way too much for him. Hashtag don't drink and trade. Dustin, let's break it down. First question I have for you. In this situation, would Daryl Williams or Gus Edwards be considered your RB1? That's what I want to know from a personal standpoint. Who would you have said prior to injury was your RB1? I would probably say Gus Edwards. That's kind of what I thought, too. So I disagreed with the premise out of the gate. That's why I wanted to set the stage as best as we could. So, okay. Well, I mean, mean, if you had Mostert, I mean, that I would consider as your RB1, I guess, Mm -hmm. just based on his past performance in that offense when healthy. Right. But after that injury, then, now you've got these two guys. I agree. Mm -hmm. I would have considered Edwards. But the main crux of this issue is Tyson Williams. Mm -hmm. First round pick, super early in the season. Lest we forget, he did start off with a bang. He was a bad guy that first week. Second week was okay, too. He finished his RB16 through the first two weeks. Much more because of the first week than the second, but he was usable in the second. I know, because I picked him up in our redraft league off the waiver wire because I was having Christian McCaffrey injury issues and needed another running back. And I picked him up after the first week blow up and had him for that Mm -hmm. second week and then held on to him way too long after that because, again, I just couldn't drop him much like this person although i didn't give up a first round pick for him so mine was way better than his (laughs) (laughs) nothing like making yourself feel better because of how miserable somebody else did that's right Uh, and that's why i put it in here yeah so you know unusable for all but two games and it turns out they just really like devonta freeman apparently the Ravens did, and so they said, screw you, Tyson, even though I mm-hmm. thought he performed very, very well, looked yeah, very good. I still I don't, don't understand it. why they made that move. Um, and as an aside, I while you were talking, I googled uh, Vegas bomb. Uh, hmm. I mean, there, there's, there, there's a bunch of different recipes for it. Um, but Any the commonality? One, the one I found 
It says it's Crown Royal, peach schnapps, and cranberry juice dropped into an energy drink. I liked it right up until the last bit. I'm not a big fan of mixing with the, the energy drinks, but the initial well, core of it actually sounds really good. Well, that, that's what a bomb is about. I mean, it's Jaeger bomb, sake bomb. I mean, it's all into the energy drinks. No, sake bomb doesn't go into energy drinks. It goes into like a uh, limey aid type thing or something. Does it? Or like a Sprite. What am I saying? Limeade. Like a Sprite or something, doesn't it? Am I crazy? I don't know. Am I this far out of college? I, I, I just oh. feel like we're always drunk when we have those. So <laughs> you can't really tell what's in it. <laughs> accurate. Very accurate. It could be dipped in gasoline and we probably wouldn't know the difference, I that's, suppose. That's yeah. very fair. Very fair. <laughs> Not like this Glen Morangi scotch, which that's is right. delightful. It's very tasty. I'm enjoying yeah, it. Yeah, you've had a couple of sips. It's going down yeah. all right. Yeah, I like it. Good, good. I like that it's not very peaty. Yeah, right? And this is the peatier version of the two. So you're really oh. going to be smitten with the next one, I think. Oh, nice. Yeah. Supposedly. It's... I've only had this one. I've not had the other one. But oh. that's what the internet told me. Oh, nice. Okay. Well, should we get into our bold predictions and beer bets here? <sighs> Let's do it. All right. So what do you want to start with, Jake? Do you I would do actually like to start bets? with the beer bets. Yeah. All right. Okay. We'll start with beer bets. So we didn't have that many. I'm a little disappointed in us. We got to do a better job of making some some season long beer bets. I know we had our weekly ones, which we paid off. Uh, those were fun, but we need to do more of these off season season long bets. Uh, I agree. So the first one was way back in episode 90, uh, where I had said that Debo Samuel greater sign than Brandon Ayuk in points per game, which we both agreed for. But you had said, Jake, that they finish within six spots in points per game. I thought this would be very close for them. Obviously was not the case. Yep. And you had said, you know, as as a caveat, we had said, if Ayuk outpaces Debo, we both do a shot. So, yes. The results, I just smash Debo on this one. Like, like he he was so far and away the lead guy. I mean, he had a just incredible season. So I won. Yeah, this Debo one. finished as wide receiver three. Ayuk yeah. finished as wide receiver forty-eight. I'm not a math whiz. I've never claimed to be, but that seems to be more than six spots of a difference. Slightly. Yeah. Slightly. Okay. I just wanted to confirm. Before uh, I decide to do this, because Dustin, before we even get through the rest of these, I would like to go ahead and immediately pay this one off. Okay. Because I feel this is the most deserving beer bet uh, we've ever made. I feel like this is the most important one because this showcased a couple of things. One, you're smarter than me, but we're both sometimes pretty smart because we both were on the Debo over Brandon right. Ayuk train and i just want to do the respect of paying debo this uh lovely michelob ultra is your what i'll be your can of water my can of hydration <laughs> you know i didn't put any ice in the scotch so i have to hydrate in my Fair own enough. way and this is what i've decided to do so to debo and to dustin i mean mostly to dustin you are a amazing fantasy football prognosticator slash 
genius. And Debo, you're just a fucking stud. Cheers. Just an absolute stud this year. Oh, look at him go. Open the throat. Oh, that's nice. Good job, Jake. Oh, I didn't take it out of the fridge early enough. It's too cold. <laughs> <laughs> that was well done, sir. Thank you. Debo, you deserve that. That was nice. Yeah, that that that's probably the the one thing I'm most proud of this last from this last season is my Debo stance that I just planted my flag on him super hard uh and and just rode that all the way. So I, I I'm really happy with that. But the happiness ends there for me. <laughs> <laughs> for our next bet coming in from episode 109. Uh, I had said that Miles Gaskin finishes as RB20 or higher. Was this close. wasn't that bad, Dustin. No, it was, it was you're, close. you're kicking yourself here. He was the RB25 overall and the RB28 in points per game. So it's not even like. It wasn't even just health with him because he was close in both. So, mm -hmm. you know, a few spots off. He was he still finished better than I thought he would, if I'm right. being honest. But it's still disappointing that I didn't get it. I, I felt like I was I was right there. You pushed me on the line, though. I feel like if we were to go back and listen to the tape, you probably pushed me up to, to RB20. Probably. If you I know, go back and listen to it and it says RB25 and I let you talk <laughs> me out of it, I will be so pissed. <laughs> now I really hope it does. I really hope it does. Uh, but yeah, This one I'm it. bummed about. This next one I just want to real quick get out of the way because, you know, we made so few beer bets and this one didn't even get to come to fruition. J.K. Dobbins finishes RB22 or lower. I was out on Dobbins. I was Gaskin level out on Go on Dobbins. Uh, Dobbins didn't play this year, so we had to nullify the mm -hmm. bet. So, just playing the what if game here. Do you think you would have won that beer bet just based on what the other running backs in that offense did this year? Not a chance I would have won that one this year because if you saw what Devonta Freeman again, mm -hmm. what he did in that offense. From the time he was actually named the starter through the end of the season, he himself was like a top 20 guy. The running backs were getting more targets than I thought anybody would in that offense in the backfield. So I think far and away, he would have been borderline top 12 guy, if not far up in there. Yeah, so that's disappointing for me. But here's hoping next. Do you want to do you want to make a bet for him right now? Do you want to take nope. that same line for this next <laughs> nope, year? No, not a just asking you right now. See if see I've you seen know. the error of my ways, Dustin. I don't want to revisit that. All right. So next one, I think were these all from the same episode or we just not put the episode? They must have been all from the same. I episode. think they were all from the same. I think we just went hard in one episode trying to rack some up here. Nice. So next one. Uh, I had said or no. You had said, Jake. Yeah. That Julio Jones would score at least eight touchdowns this season. At least. Mm -hmm. How many did he score, Jake? Okay, the, the thing about this is... <laughs> no, no, how many did he score? Answer the question. He, he only played <laughs> 13 games. I don't know whatever he played. He scored one single touchdown. I was trying so hard to wish touchdowns into Julio Jones. That's not... Because that's he not Julio. He, 
but he deserves it. It was a new team. It was a I fresh start. I didn't say he didn't deserve it. I'm just saying uh, that's just not Julio. He doesn't score touchdowns. But I, how much of that was Matt Ryan versus how much of that was Julio? That's the question that I was trying to to answer with this beer bet. And of course, it got answered very quickly. It's Julio. now, of course, you can say <laughs> he had injuries. He did, and sure, he might have gotten an extra two to three, maybe even four. I will give him that. I will say a five-touchdown season was in the realm of possibilities if he was healthy. Right. But was eight? No, <laughs> probably not. <laughs> uh, you know, it, it's unfortunate. And boy, Julio dropped of anybody not named Allen Robinson. He probably dropped down my ranks the most mm-hmm. from the previous year to this coming year. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. All right, we got two more here. We didn't do that many, like I said. So this one, I had said that Logan Thomas finishes as tight end eight or better. He only played six games. He did. But and we did, and we said points per game. I right. was willing to give, you know, because that's right. the thing with a lot of these. Is, yeah, people get injured and we have to respect that. Yeah. And especially if it's only like a game or two, you know, then, it, you know, you want to make it fair. Even with only playing in six games, he was tight end 17. I do feel like he probably would have turned it around, especially with how volatile the tight end landscape is. I feel like he probably would have had some boom games there that really would have bumped him up. But we'll never know. Well, Well, I, I have to give you a little bit of leeway on this one. Not that I'm going to allow you to not pay off the bet, because that would be insane. But I do mean, so much of this finish did come down to that one last game where he was in and then got hurt very early on in it. And that dropped his average down quite a bit. Just looking at like the first four games that he played, he was great. He was actually great for a tight end if you plugged him in for all of those first few games. Mm-hmm. He was, you know, a top 10 guy for you pretty easily. It's unfortunate, you know, that the injury kind of zapped it a little bit for you. My question to you is understanding that there is two injuries for him. So there is the initial injury that took him out for the big chunk of the season. Then he tried to come back later on in the season, had another injury that took him out. Again, this is that partial game that really dropped him down the rank. Mm-hmm. Knowing that and knowing... He's a quarterback converted to tight end, and he had one good season. Does all of this together still make you believe in him for next year? Are you forgiving because of the injury? Are you concerned because of the injury? What's your thought? Um, I'm a, I'm more hesitant than I, I would be uh, going into the season, only because he's a little bit older now. I think. I'm trying to find him here. I, I want to say he's going to be 29, which I know for tight ends isn't isn't that old. But, you know, as you said, as a converted tight end or converted quarterback, uh, you know, we've only really seen the one great year. It's kind of like, well, it's, you know, hard You're to nervous. say. Yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm, so oh, he's, he's he's actually 30. Yes. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I'm I'm. I'm more, is it bullish, bearish, bullish going into this next season? I mean, you're lower. (laughs) Yes. It really depends on what Washington does in in the offseason here. 
Do they upgrade the quarterback position? Do they bring in another wide receiver? Do they bring in another backup tight end that could push him for playing time? I mean, there's a lot of things out there. Obviously, he has the talent to produce really well. And for tight ends, you know, it doesn't take much to be a a top flight tight end. So is it within the realm of his possibilities? Absolutely. But just based off of these things, yeah, I'm I'm probably going to be a little bit lower than I was going into this previous season. I think we're not factoring in enough the team name change and what that's going to do as a boost to this entire offense. You know, I think you look at it just from a statistical perspective here. Commanders, I mean, it's it's wheels up on everybody in that offense for next year comparatively. I mean, I you go know. from football team to commanders, they that's like an extra 30 points per game. I really like being like the, the WWTF team. But what the fuck? Because it's all, all the time you're just like, what the fuck is going on there? Because it's accurate. It's always it accurate. Is. Yeah, no, I wasn't in on Logan Thomas uh, this year. I probably will be higher on him next year than I was this year, but not by a ton. So in we'll fact, probably one, meet in the middle, basically, is what you're saying. I think we'll probably be close here. One thing, in fact, just a, a little uh, look ahead to the bold predictions is that I was in more on Jared Cook than Logan Thomas, and we almost had that beer bet happen. Uh, one of us with Jared Cook and one of us with Logan Thomas, and we didn't want to double down on Logan Thomas beer bets because that would have been weird. So I let you pick your favorite. This is the one that you ultimately ended up with. Mm-hmm. So it wor- would have worked out the same regardless. So it's fine. All right. Last beer bet from episode 110. I had said, or I don't remember who, who said this, if it was you or, or I, Jake, um, but the bet was no San Francisco wide receiver gets 100 targets, and I took the over. Yeah, I think I had led off with this because my worries with this offense from that perspective, from a touches perspective, was the new rookie quarterback, Trey Lance, mm-hmm. taking over at some point early on in the season, so I thought. And then, a lot of us thought that, let's be honest. Yeah, and so then, well, what does that look like? You know, how many more mm-hmm. rushing opportunities is the offense going to see as opposed to passing opportunities? If we're doing one of those cheap and easy, maybe lazy takes of comparing him to Lamar Jackson, we saw what that meant for the pass catchers on the mm-hmm. Ravens. If a similar thing happened there, I was like, bah, I don't think any of them, they're all too good. Debo, IU, Kittle, they're all too good. Mm-hmm. And none of them is bad enough to be like the odd man out. Again, so I thought. Turns out that was Brandon Ayuk, at least in the first <laughs> half of the season. And so I was like, ah, I don't think any of them are going to get 100 targets because there's not going to be enough to go around. And then Jimmy Garoppolo just stuck around all the way through the playoffs and really made me look like an asshole. <laughs> yep, so Debo ended up with 121 targets. The only San Francisco player to end up with more than 100 targets so yes victory for me as well again it just goes back to the Debo thing I mean it's just it just worked out all around for me this year so I'm very happy about that (laughs) it really did he won you two beer bets all by himself that's right that's how great Debo is that's right so that does it for beer bets as I said earlier we gotta really get some more in this this offseason here because uh, they're fun to go back and just see what we were thinking 
before games even started, before free agent, you know, the whole nine yards, like before the draft. We have no idea what's going on, but we're still going to plant the flag, see if it sticks or not. We had a couple that stuck, a couple that didn't, but it's fun. We might make another beer bet here before the end of the episode. I'm saying it's very possible. It's, it's we, possible. We already did one last episode. We've already kicked off this this go-round of mm-hmm. them with the Dawson Knox one from the previous episode. So you never know. We mm-hmm. might get there. So, bold predictions. Do yeah. you want to start us off here, Jake, or should I? I'll do it. I'll fall on the landmine here. Let's start with quarterback. The most important position in all of football. I think we can both agree on that. Mm-hmm. Right, Dustin? Is that fair to say? That's fair. So the most important predictions are going to be at the quarterback position. I was so in on this rookie class of quarterbacks in 2021. Uh, one of them being Trey Lance. Again, <laughs> he has been my downfall in all of this. I blame everything on Trey Lance. Because I said two rookie quarterbacks would finish inside the top 12 in points per game. Mm-hmm. So again, I gave myself an out with Trey Lance, thinking, hey, he takes over halfway through the season. I'm still good. I'm golden. Because right. in those games, he's going to be fucking dynamite. Mm-hmm. Turns out he played a handful of snaps and a handful of games, and that wasn't enough to crack the top 12. The other guy that I expected to be inside the top 12 was not Trevor Lawrence, who I think most people wore the highest on naturally. He had the highest Mm -hmm. draft capital. We've seen the most from him in college. I was really high on Justin Fields. I'm going against my own Packers bias and saying Justin Fields is going to come and just destroy in his quarterback. No, no, he did not. No rookie quarterback outside of Mac Jones finished in the top 30 in Oof. points per game. Oof. Mac Jones was 29th. Oof. Nobody else sniffed the top 30. Justin Fields was like down at, literally down at like quarterback 38 or something. It, it was so horrible. And if you watched him play, you knew that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you knew that it was bad already. So, yeah, I had no chance at this one, unfortunately. Yeah, I think uh, we've been spoiled the last couple years with those rookie quarterbacks coming in and just really performing well. Um, yeah, it didn't happen this year. I can't say just based on what I've heard so far about this incoming rookie class that that's going to happen this year. So we'll see. Now, if you ask me about these exact same players for this coming year and if they could do this, I'd still be hesitant. I'd say top 15. Yeah, sure. You betcha. I still think Trey Lance can be that guy. I don't know if Justin Fields can be that guy, though. All right. So I had a bunch of them here. I don't think I did. I had two for every position when we did our bold predictions. I don't think I did both of them for our show. I'd like to have a, a nice backup option just in case. Yeah. I want I'll you to go, go through them anyway. I will if you're go through them. No, no, okay. I'll go through them both. Like I said, I just, I don't think, you know, my memory serves me correct from, you know, like seven months ago. It's a long time. That I don't think we did two, but I'll throw them out there. So my two quarterback ones. So my first one was that Baker Mayfield will lead the AFC North in QB fantasy points. And he did the exact opposite. 
He was not good this year. He finished as QB 25, worse than Big Ben. I mean, just that's a just venti sized oh, oak. Oh, God. It's, it's, I mean, Burrow, I didn't expect him to finish as high as he did. I mean, I'll be honest. He, he had an outstanding season. Uh, Jackson, he finished lower than I expected, you know, QB 15. But Big Ben, I mean, you should have at least beat Big Ben. I mean, come on, that guy. <laughs> He had no arm. He was he was basically just chucking it, and I don't know what happened. So he yeah, had to Baker, take his left arm to just grab his right arm and kind of like thrust it forward to get the ball out of his hand, and he still beat Baker Mayfield. That's how bad this was. Yeah, that's how bad Baker was. So my other one I had in this, he just you know obviously was injured, didn't play, but Ryan Fitzpatrick finishes the top seven QB. Oh, what could have been this season? Damn you injuries. He had, he threw like three passes and then we didn't see him yeah. again. So heartbreaking. It's so heartbreaking. I think we all wanted the Fitz magic one more time. So we'll see what is happens there any, in this upcoming season. Yeah. Is there any hope for him to even land a backup gig at this point? Do you think, or is he just done? Um, He's probably done, but there's always teams that are looking for uh, a backup. Especially, I could see him signing on to a team that has a young, whether it's a rookie or, you know, just coming off of their rookie season, that could use a good mentor to... Send him back to the Jets. Do it. Yeah. Send him back home to the Jets. Why not? Well, because he's got to get to all 32 teams, so he can't <laughs> go back to the Jets. <laughs> San Francisco. Put him in San Francisco go. behind Trey Lance. Go to Chicago. Oh, I don't want to see him in our division. I feel like his essence would overwhelm the division, if I'm being honest. That's fair enough. Send him to Pittsburgh. You know, have him be veteran insurance in Pittsburgh. Get get him. It can't be worse than what they had last year with Big Ben. It just can't. Well, yeah. Mason Rudolph, you think, is a better option than Big Ben? Yes. You do. <laughs> yes, I really do. Mason Rudolph, Mason Rudolph at this stage, greater sign Big Ben at this stage. Yes. I'm not saying that's a lot. That's not a high bar to clear. But what I'm saying is send Ryan Fitzpatrick there. Right. And then you don't have to worry about it. If Mason Rudolph shits the bed, as you obviously suspect he will, then you've got Fitzmagic right behind him. So I'm going to propose a beer bet right now then. Ooh, if okay. Mason Rudolph plays and is the named starter for Pittsburgh, okay. he will not finish better uh, than Big Ben did this last year uh, for total fantasy points. Uh, wait, points per game? Well, you, if you want to do points per game, that's fine. I'll do that. I'm not expecting him to live out a full season as the starter if they do have a quality backup such as Ryan Fitzpatrick did. That's why I don't I don't want to get locked okay. into a season-long thing. Here. All right. But if we're we talking about... Points. We could do points per game. Better than QB 21 and points per game? Yes, yeah. I would be comfortable with that. All right. Lock it up. Let's lock it up. I'm so proud of us for getting these right. on the books. Are you, are you going to type that in? Oh, yeah. I'll, I'll, type, I'll type. Okay. I'll, I'll do the next bold or uh, bold prediction here while you're You just didn't want to type something this gross into this show, Doc. That's all it is. Yeah, well, that happens. That's the one that does the majority of the talking here and leading the show. You know, it's delegation. That's all it is. Okay. So my running back, bold predictions. 
I had LaMichael Pirine will be the lead running back for the Jets. Oh, and again, just a big fucking whiff on this one. Uh, we had Michael Carter as the number one option, the number one running back in that offense. Where did Pirine end up? Number five. Number five on his own team. That's how poorly he was. Ty Johnson. Ugh. Better than LaMichael Pirine. Tevin yeah. Coleman? Better yes. than LaMichael Pirine. Who's the fourth? Do you know who the I, other guy uh, even was back there? I would have to pull up the stats. I didn't I don't have the page. Let, open let me but... look. I want you to go into why you believed in LaMichael Pirine and if there's any chance of him being anything next year. You know, what I think it was is I really thought that um he had decent draft capital last year. Uh, he was injured, I think, for a chunk of the season. Um, and I just, yeah, Austin Walter was the number four running back. Who? I just saw this name here. Who the fuck is Austin Walter? Yeah, and how exactly. did he get 100 rushing yards? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Oh my goodness. But um yeah, I just thought with uh P Ryan's draft capital the previous season, I didn't think Michael Carter was gonna come on um quite so early in his career. I thought maybe it'd be a second year type uh breakout player. And I was wrong on both accounts. Well, let me let me ask you this. I know last week or the week before we talked about the Jets offense as a whole mm-hmm. and going forward for next year. So, you know, this was an opportunity to get a guy like Elijah Moore on your roster. Maybe mm-hmm. a Zach Wilson on your roster. Are you fully committing now to Michael Carter in the same way that you were committed to Michael Pirine this previous season? I think so. That's, again, assuming that the Jets don't do something stupid and draft and spend, you know, a second or third round pick on another running back. If it's right. later, you know, I'm not going to worry too much. But if it's another early round, early-ish round draft pick, yeah, I'll have some concerns then. But with the way that he played this year, and um, I, I don't see a reason why they would spend another high draft pick on a running back. What if they pick up a, a less desirable free agent, like a, a Ronald Jones type? Is that is that the level where you get afraid or you're still... No, worried? no. Ronald Jones, no. I'm not worried about him. Fair enough. Yeah. So my other one uh, for running backs, which this was, I didn't, I didn't even put any notes uh, on this on the show sheet because it was just so obviously bad. Uh, (laughs) I had that Trey Sermon scores more points than the rest of the San Francisco running back group combined. I don't think I don't think he beat out anyone else on the team for uh, points because he was just a non-factor the entire season if you get points per like yawn on the bench or something like that he was absolutely top of the the class 100 percent. you gotta give him that but barring that no i don't think that trey sermon did yep you i gotta give you again a little bit of leeway here because both of these offenses and both of these backfields were pretty weird i mean the jets for the most part did just want michael carter but mm-hmm. there was a lot of topsy turbiness there, some of it injury-related. There's a lot of injury-related shenanigans with San Francisco as well. 
Sermon couldn't take advantage of the injuries, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. You had, of course, Mostert, as we talked about, and Herbert went down. Mostert was gone. Uh, they had basically gotten rid of every other serviceable back outside of Jeff Wilson there. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jeff Wilson also dealt with injury. Yep. Trey Sermon couldn't overtake this fucking Elijah Mitchell guy. Is it Elijah Mitchell's to lose next year? Can Trey Sermon get any fantasy relevance next year? Could he? Yes. I I don't know what it was this year that he just couldn't get on the field. But could he? Yes, I think he could. But I think it's Mitchell's backfield to start with or he'll get the bulk of the carries at least to start the season, barring injury or barring something else. What? I don't know. Fumbles or, you know, steps on Shanahan's dog's tail or something. I I don't know. You know, that might be what Sermon did this year. It it could be. But uh, I mean, I know they spent the draft capital, but we've seen that Shanahan doesn't care about that. Uh, He's in that Pete Carroll mold where it's like, no, we're going to play the best players regardless of draft capital. So, I think they right. saw what they had in Mitchell this year, and they're going to continue to roll with that. I think the only hope you have, just trying to a little bit of light at the end of the tunnel, maybe for Trey Sermon people, is we saw Brandon Ayuk at the start of the season just not get any play for mm-hmm. something that we'll probably never know about. It right. was clearly just a coach versus player issue there. Maybe it was like that with Trey Sermon, but extended out through the entire season. <laughs> And maybe he gets over that for next year. So as like a cheap dart throw, uh, maybe toss in for a dynasty Mm -hmm. trade, eh, I'd still be willing to do that for Sermon. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I'm right there with you. All right, Jake, what was your running back uh, bold prediction? Well, I'm not willing to throw a dart throw even at this other guy in this backfield. So confusing backfields. I thought this would be one. I thought Tampa Bay was going to be pretty confusing. And and to the point that no running back from the Bucks would finish inside the top 35 in points per game. This was Leonard Fournette, Ronald Jones, and new guy Giovanni, Giovanni Bernard, a.k.a. the new James White, mm-hmm. right? Is what I had dubbed him, I believe. I just thought, oh, they'll all vulture each other into oblivion. We hadn't seen outside of playoff Lenny the previous year. We hadn't seen anything out of him prior to that. Ronald Jones looked bad prior to that, but like mm-hmm. just good enough to stay on the field and again, share those touches. And then Gio Bernard was supposed to be the third down specialist guy. He's going to catch all the passes and none of it's going to really matter for your fantasy team. Turns out, <laughs> turns out Bruce Arians did not share my thoughts on this <laughs> because Leonard Fournette ended up as the RB6 Ooh, overall, again, not a math guy, but that is substantially higher than RB35. And he just made me eat my words from about week four or five on. I can't remember the exact turning point, but it was early on and never looked back. I say just didn't let up the entire season. Nope. Gio Bernard, he got out there and he caught some passes, but it certainly was not the James White effect there with Tom Mm -hmm. Brady. Leonard Fournette ended up being serviceable in that area. And he just looked good. I mean, mm-hmm. great. He looked great. I can't even uh, fr- just downgrade him that way. He looked great. We don't know what the hell the future holds for him right now because we don't know anything about the Bucks right now. 
because Tom Brady retired. And so it kind of throws everything into an upheaval there. I think we've already talked about him in the past, so I don't want to hammer on this too much. You don't believe in Ronald Jones. I think we already hinted at the fact you do like Leonard Fournette on a good Mm -hmm. enough team. Yep. Yeah. All right. Moving on then. So wide receivers, uh, my two here I had, and I really felt confident about this one. I thought this was going to be a slam dunk, bold prediction. I had that CeeDee Lamb and Amari Cooper were both going to finish as top 12 wide receivers this year. I really thought with what we saw from that offense last year, I, I was like, yep, it's wheels up for this for this year. It's going to be during the second year of the McCarthy offense. You know, the, the, it's, it's just going to be the greatest show on, on turf part two, basically here. And right. it, it was not that, unfortunately. I didn't even hit one of them. So we had CD Lamb was wide receiver 14 on the season, and Amari Cooper was wide receiver 26. Not at all what we were expecting out of either of those players. No, because along came this big dick swinging tight end in Dalton Schultz that, again, we talked about in previous episodes. Mm-hmm. He, he became the apple of Dak Prescott's eye pretty early on, and it just was more of a spread offense. Michael Gallup, crazy involved. Cedric mm-hmm. Wilson got really involved when there was any hint of an injury. It, it just, mm-hmm. it wasn't for these two. It wasn't this funneled offense to these guys. It's, it's a bummer. If you had to pick one for next year to crack that top 12, would you go Lamb or Cooper? I'd go Lamb. Okay. And is this, does, does this have anything to do with injury concerns with Cooper? Cause again, that always factors into him. No, I just think Lamb going into his third season. I mean, this is nothing to take away with what Cooper has done because he's he's a very good wide receiver. I just think Lamb just takes that next step now that he's going to be year three uh, and and becomes more of that focal point in the wide receivers for that offense rather than Cooper. I would hope that they let him open things up. If you just watch, and again, I'm not, not a scout, but by God, if you just watch the games, it's pretty clear C.D. Mm-hmm. Lamb should be a dominant guy on every play. Exactly. Exactly. So then my other one, and this one hurts a little bit, um, just because he did get injured and tore ACL again in the Super Bowl. It's OBJ. Uh, I'd said that he's going to outperform his ADP, which at the time was wide receiver 27, by at least 10 spots. And that did not happen. Maybe if he would have gotten traded to the Rams earlier in the season, that would have happened because he was really coming on and uh, they were using him how he should be used as opposed to having Baker Mayfield um, just throw lame ducks around and not throw it to OBJ. So, uh, yeah, it's a little disappointing. Uh, he did not finish anywhere near where I thought he was going to. And now we won't know for next year because at this point he's probably going to miss a, at least half the season, I would think, at a minimum. Yeah. So I think they it, pegged it, November as about yeah. an appropriate time frame for him to get actively involved again. Yeah. It's so it's disappointing ways. for him because I I liked how L.A. was using him the second half of the season. Once You could tell once he got acclimated to the offensive scheme and that offense – that there was something there like he was he was making plays not you know not quite his 
Giants days when he broke onto the scene. But I mean, he was he was starting to show up and play pretty consistently and um, basically proving that his best days aren't quite behind him yet. Uh, All he needed was a good quarterback to throw him the ball in a good offensive scheme. Shocker. I know. Uh, so it's, this is disappointing for him because I, I really thought he was going to kind of have a strong second half to his career at this point if he was able to stay with L.A., but we'll see what happens. I'm glad that you brought this up, though, I'm, and I'm glad that you did both of yours for this very reason because, yeah, bearing the lead, we didn't talk about it up at the top because it's bummer news. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, with that injury here and that projected timeline, we had talked about just not that many episodes ago. Ah, do they keep OBJ and Robert Woods? They can't mm-hmm. possibly keep both, can they? Who's going to stay? Who's going to go? Does this at least, do you think, clarify the depth chart? Because to me, the odds are slim that the Rams will re-sign OBJ with this. Unfortunately, right. that sucks for him. But as the mm-hmm. business of football, I can't see them doing that. I mean, maybe if they brought him back on a very team friendly contract that maybe had some, you know, very incentive laden where mm. if he comes back and plays and, and performs well, he could earn a bunch in incentives. But I mean, I don't know what other team is going to want to give him a decent contract, though, either coming off an ACL. And I think he's going to be 29 this next season. So it's not like he's young, you know, in football years anymore. Mm. So it's it's hard to say. But yeah, it definitely clarifies things for the Robert Woods OBJ discussion. I mean, Bobby Trees, he should come back early in the season and have his role back, essentially. Uh, Send trade offers offers for Robert Woods, though, maybe with this, too, as just because now we are clarified and we saw he was good Mm -hmm. before this. So I like that. Um, My wide receiver bold prediction we already talked about. Yeah. Uh, it, it turned into a beer bet, so we don't need to hammer this. It was that no San Francisco pass catcher gets more than 100 targets. Again, Debo did that. Um, well, one question that I do want to expound on, though, for this is George Kittle mm-hmm. for next year with Trey Lance. So assuming Jimmy Garoppolo is out, which almost has to be a guarantee now. Yeah, a guy I, like I think George, so. A guy like George Kittle... We talk a lot about young quarterbacks and their reliance on the tight end position sometimes. Do you think that Kittle now becomes the top target here for him, or do you think Debo maintains that role? I think Debo maintains it only because they know what a playmaker they have in Debo, so they're going to scheme him to get the ball in his hands, whether it's bubble screens or you know sweeps or... Uh, quick slants. I mean, you name it. Like they're they're gonna find ways to get the ball in his hands because he's that dynamic when he has the ball in his hands. So uh, I still think Debo is gonna be the number one target. If if anyone is affected by it, it might be Ayuk. You know, as the number two wide receiver, he might become that third passing option behind Kittle. Uh, again, just because of the if there's quick dump offs or something that that's typically the tight end role. So. Uh, I don't really see it affecting Debo a ton more the other wide receiver or the other receiving options on the team. Fair. For what, I, for what it's worth, I think Kittle turns into quite the blocking tight end next year. Mm-hmm. And I think you're going to see a little bit of a downtick in targets. Mm-hmm. All right. Why don't you hit us with your tight end one since, you know, we didn't really 
have to talk about your wide receiver one here. Yeah, let's do it again. I hinted at it earlier, but Jared Cook outperforms Logan Thomas. Now, Dustin, you had said it didn't matter which beer bet you took because, again, you had the option of Logan Thomas finishing as a top eight or better or Jared Cook, or excuse me, Logan Thomas outperforming Jared Cook. You said it didn't matter. It actually did for your purposes because Logan Thomas was tight end 17. Jared Cook was tight end 18 in points per Uh, game, Dustin. You would have gotten this one even with all the injury bullshit of Logan Thomas. He was far and away the better option when he was out there on the field. I mean, Jared Cook, I expected so much in that offense. And that offense was great. The Chargers Mm -hmm. were great. Yes, they took... A few games to really get going. And there was an early start to the season where people were even doubting Justin Herbert because we all overreact oh, to every God. damn thing. But, you know, that offense just hummed and it, it just didn't need Jared Cook, it turns out. And so I don't know. Uh, it's not that he's a bad player. He was a great player. In fact, that was part of the reason the reasoning for this is it wasn't just about the position. It's because Jared Cook was great in the previous year. And most of his metrics, I'm talking stuff like yards per catch, air yards, yards after the catch. Like all of this was amazing for a tight mm-hmm. end, especially one of his age. And then it's just like, well, we're pl- we'll plop you in here. But just like try and catch a ball occasionally. And that's all we're going to ask of you. And sometimes he couldn't even do that. So he wasn't Hunter Henry. He wasn't uh, earlier Jimmy Jared Graham. Cook. Yeah, he wasn't even Jimmy Graham. Uh, he was just a disappointment for me. So that is the final death nail in the Jared Cook fantasy coffin, I'm afraid. All right. Well, then let's round this out by the last two that I have here. So this one I missed whiffed big time on. Uh, I said Evan Ingram was going to finish as a top five tight end. Finished as tight end 23. And those injuries on that team um, all abounds. I, I mean, I don't know anyone that has faith in Evan Ingram anymore after this last season. I mean, he had this one good year, and he hasn't done anything really since then. I will not be doing another Evan Ingram bet, I'll tell you that. Okay, hypothetically, though. <laughs> hypothetically, though. Let's say that somehow he gets a quarterback upgrade. Like, it doesn't seem like this year's going to no, happen. No, I'm because out. They- they, you're out entirely, regardless yeah. of quarterback. I have a beer bet for you, then, my friend. I am willing, and we'll we'll see what the dividing line is and how much you really hate Evan Ingram here with this bet. I am willing to bet that Evan Ingram will be a top twelve guy next year in points per game. Let's say right. Um, okay, I'll take that. All right, let's do it. I, I don't jot I don't believe that it. one down. I am out. All right, you're out. You're out. Here's I'm the out. thing with tight ends: we all we all know about the volatility. But I just mm-hmm. feel like if there can be any semblance of an upgrade, they're at least changing out coach coaches there. So True. fingers crossed. I'm willing to to buy back in very late on Evan Ingram. I don't know. I just don't think. Assuming that Daniel Jones is going to be the quarterback this year, I just don't see. Assuming health for Saquon, assuming health for Kenny Galladay. Sterling Shepard, um, whoever their third wide receiver is, uh, Terrace Marshall. Is it Terrace Marshall? No, he's on the Panthers. He's on the Panthers. Uh, Kadarius? Um, Wait, did you Kadarius say Kadarius Tony? Tony? Okay. No, 
yeah, so Kadarius Tony. So I always get those two mixed up. You know, considering all those other weapons they have, I don't see him being a top 12 tight end. Again, assuming health for the rest of those positions, and I don't believe in Daniel Jones as a top second tier quarterback. Oh, I don't believe <laughs> so, in Daniel Jones. Don't oh, get no, me wrong. I, I don't I, want I, this conflated. Was, no, I wasn't, that's not what I was uh, <laughs> taking away from that. I'm okay. just saying I don't believe that. So uh, for those reasons, I'm oot. All right. All right. You want to hit us up with your last tight end one here? But this one is here. a great note to end on. This is. This was a victory for me. Finally. On all of these bold predictions, I finally hit on one. Oh, it feels good. So I said that Dallas Goddard slash Jack, Jack, Zach Ertz score more points this season combined than Hunter Henry and Janu Smith because they were both teammates at the outset of the season. So I was like, hey, they're teammates. This duo is going to do better than this duo. Well, we know Ertz was traded to Arizona. I still I still think I would have won this regardless. Let's let's be honest. I do think this, this duo was better. Uh, but the Ertz Goddard duo scored 345 combined points and the Patriots tight end scored 231. I didn't realize as I was looking to get the points for this that Ertz finished so high this year as a tight end. I think he finished like tight end five on the season, which I had, I didn't realize it was that high. Like I knew he had a solid season. I didn't realize it was that good. And it was wasn't crazy. even because he got to play two games in the same week. You know, there's there. Remember when he got traded mm-hmm. first and you, he technically played two games in the same yeah. NFL week, but fantasy platforms did not account for that. So it's not even because of that. He was just really good this year. Yeah. Yeah. He, he fit into that Arizona offense very well. And yeah, so I think I would have taken it anyway, had they both been uh, on Philadelphia. I, I think I still would have taken that one because um, Hunter Henry, while he had a, he had an OK season, uh, Janu did absolutely nothing in that offense. So he was the real anchor on that duo. So I, I, I felt good regardless on that one. Agreed. One thousand percent with you. I'll give you that one no matter what. And God damn it, I'm glad we got to go out on the high. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. So that is the end of our show sheet. Do you have anything else to add, Jake, before we sign off here for the this no, week? No, just no. don't give up on the uh, the non-point scoring season. This is my favorite time to start making mm-hmm. or at least formulating trades in Dynasty. Oh, yeah, so. I'm already coming up with a uh, trade target list of players that I want to go after this offseason. Uh, maybe we'll do an upcoming segment on, on one of our uh, shows here about uh, some trade targets we're looking at. I think maybe we should. The only other question I want to ask you, two scotches to start. Glenn Morangi versus Balnellan. What did you think about the Balnellan? Did that I, not be sweeter? I still have it right here. Oh, you son of I a know. bitch. I know. I'm sorry. I'm I'm a slow sipper when it comes to whiskey and scotch. I I My I can't God. I, I just can't uh, drink it straight up uh, very fast. Let's put it that way. I'm... Why don't you do this? Why don't at some point here, even if it's not tonight, why don't at some point you crack that bad boy open there? You post your thoughts on Twitter about which you ended up preferring, whether it was the Balnellan, which I will say 
was smoother. And it was oh. butterscotchy. So damn it, the internet hmm. was right for me. Uh, but just just post out what your thoughts were on these scotches. Yes, I, I will definitely do that. I mean, I definitely like this uh, Len Marangi. Uh, it, was, it was taste. I liked it. I'm just yeah. like I said, I'm just kind of a slow. It's, it's not my my uh, beverage of choice. So I tend to just sip on them very, very slowly. So uh, it's nothing against this particular scotch. It was I, I enjoyed it tremendously. It was it was very good. I just it's not not my drink of choice. And I'm I am a, a slow drinker when it comes to those. It's not your will forte. No, it? no, it is not, unfortunately. So um, great show, Jake. Uh, we did it. People can find you on Twitter at Jake Trowbridge. They sure can. Doing all your things out there, posting videos, right. giving, right. giving hot takes. <laughs> hot as shit takes. Yeah. Uh, you can find me at FF Dusty Dog. I'm a sometimes interactor on Twitter, but I'm always there for DMs if you need me. And then definitely hit up our podcast account here at drinking fantasy we are literally here for all of your off-season questions now that we are in the non-point scoring season we're here for it all we we don't take time off granted we are mainly a redraft focused show we do enjoy dynasty we do both do dynasty so we are in it the thick of it all off-season long here so hit us up for any questions trade targets any sort of roster construction questions, any of it. We're here for it. So hit us up there. Go give us five stars on whatever podcast platform you listen to us. If you're an audio only listener, we do appreciate it. Hit the little uh, bell here on YouTube. If you're uh, watching us to subscribe, you'll they'll let you know when we go live every single Tuesday evening, which 99% of the time is 630 Central Standard Time. But it'll remind you. But who doesn't like a good reminder like that? I, for one, love it. Oh, great. Great. Thanks, Jake, for that. <laughs> You're welcome. Uh, yeah, we're going to come back next week with a very great show. Um, talking about some face plants, unfortunately. But got to hold ourselves accountable. So that'll be a good one. And until then, folks, keep drinking and talking fantasy football. Cheers, FFers. Shut up, shut up, shut up.